All right, welcome back. I hope that your day is going well. Today's episode is going to be a little bit longer than normal. Today I am talking to a friend of mine and colleague, Stephanie West, who is a counselor in our network, the Joe Martino Counseling Network. She is also a podcaster, uh, an aspiring author, and and a lot of other things going on in her life that she's going to talk about in the interview. Uh, Of course, we did do the interview via Zoom rather than in a studio, so there is some level of uh, audio quality that some of my audio files may struggle with. Of course, if you're truly an audiophile, you're probably not listening to my podcast too long because we have purposely done this all in-house. We have avoided the the studio type sound uh, because of the cost being so prohibitive. All right, we're going to kick it off. Let's go straight to the interview with Stephanie. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. So welcome, Stephanie. Uh, For those of you listening, Stephanie West is a colleague and friend of mine. Uh, We work at the same office in Grand Rapids for our company. Along with that, Stephanie is also a teacher both to high school students and undergraduate students. The last few years, Stephanie, I think it's safe to say that your life has been going through a transformation. Uh, Stephanie also has a podcast called Healing Through Pain. If you bring it up on your phone, there is a funny podcast uh, that is three podcasts down from her that I've never listened to, but every time I see it, I laugh. Those of you who listen to this and actually know me in person, if you do it on your phone, you will know exactly the one I'm talking about. And what brings us together today is, you know, as a lot of you probably are with your friends, Stephanie and I are connected on Facebook. And I don't know, about a month ago, Steph, you put up a post about how you had started out the beginning of the year with six goals they were solid. Uh, you and I joke, they're kind of like blood oaths. And uh, you had already kind of moved away from some of those goals, and you are about to move away from more. And I'm a big fan of this. In my podcast and all my writings, I talk to people a lot about like, hey, just because you set a goal in January doesn't mean you need to run it out to December. At some point, that goal may no longer serve you to get where you want to go. So immediately, I was intrigued when I read your uh, blog post and wanted to talk to you about it and this idea of doing it on the podcast came up. So welcome. Thank you for coming. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Tell us about those goals. So you had six goals. And at the time of the blog post, there's two of them, if I remember correctly, that you had decided, hey, I'm just done with those goals. I'm not actually going to pursue them anymore. And there was then some more goals that you were thinking about. Tell us about that. Uh, Maybe if you're willing, and if not, that's fine too. I mean, obviously, but if you want to talk about, you know, why did you give up those goals? What were they? How did you come to them? How did you come to the decision that, hey, this is no longer going to serve me? Certainly. So there is a good chance I go down, you know, rabbit trails and you might have to rein me back in That sure. is the, how my brain works, but I'm sorry, I'll take ownership of that. That's me doing it. That's my problem. But one of the things about my life right now is the last about 18 months have been pretty radical transition. So in addition to kind of stepping into, you know, a single life after being married for nine and a half years, I'm also stepping away from two jobs that have been very important to me. They've been a pretty paramount part. You know, I'm going to say my identity. They've, they've 
they've been a big piece. I've called them my identity for a very long time. And so when I'm stepping away from teaching, there's this nervousness about, okay, what's next? What's going on? What am I stepping towards? Because I know what I'm leaving. And what was helpful, it was probably about eight or nine weeks ago, I was having some kind of not spiritual questions as much as some ponderances. And I feel like I've co-opted that word from you, but I was pondering what it would look like to step into new church community possibly. And I went and talked to a, a trusted mentor and he was asking me about my life and he said, well, tell me about what's going on. And I said, okay, well, you know, I just got approved to buy a condo. I'm going to get a dog. I'm going to be this, you know, single girl in a condo with a dog. And that's going to be my new thing. And he said to me, he said, okay, that's interesting because it sounds like you're telling me that that's your new identity. I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, certainly you're in a season of transition, but you're deciding in this transition that the new you is the single girl in the condo with the dog. And that's interesting to me. And so that just helped me kind of press, you know, a little bit of a pause and say, okay, there I go again, finding something that's supposed to be my new thing. And that prompted some reflection. So I went back to look at some of my goals and I noticed a trend of, okay, teaching's going away and the marriage has gone away and other things that have been important to me have gone away. And I'm pulling in other pieces to fill those holes instead of figuring out what do I want to be true about my life necessarily. Okay. So it's interesting you bring up this idea of, you know, a lot of the things that you were doing were part of your identity. I think that's true for a lot of people. And then I think certainly people in what we call the helping professions, teaching, counseling, psychology, medical things, that can be true. And then I notice when I work with my clients and sometimes I'll have clients who come in, you know, and really what we're doing is kind of, especially the business side of it, my business clients, when we're setting goals, those goals aren't actually about movement. They're about solidifying an identity. Certainly. And it sounds like maybe that was something that you came up with or that you recognized after this conversation. Um, I'm going to guess I know the trusted mentor. That his name starts and ends with the same letter. Actually, that wouldn't be true if it's his formal name. But how did you recognize that, right? So stopping a goal, mid-year, it can be very off-putting for some of my clients, you know, in July, we'll sit down and I'll be like, okay, so does this goal still move you towards your overarching goal? And sometimes they'll say yes, when it's very clear to me that it doesn't. And when I push on that, they'll tend to get upset, not with me, but with the emotional distress that comes with that. And so tell me about that for you. So you're looking at these goals. Uh, you're a very driven person. You are a very organized person in that, okay, I'm going to do these things and here's the steps to get me there. And so now you're looking at these goals. And one of them you had already invested a lot of time into, you know, writing this manuscript. Uh, tell me about the emotional situation there. You're looking at these six goals and you're like, well, no, hold on. <laughs> tell me about that. Yeah. So I go back to a conversation you and I had, you know, the broadside of a year ago where you're talking about how in this season, I'm quite unmoored. Right. And so one of the things I do is I moor myself to whatever the next thing is. And that's where that identity piece shows up, right? And so because I was taking so many pieces of my infrastructure and kind of stepping out of them, and I like organization, I had to kind of recalibrate and figure out, okay, what replaces that at least to a degree, and it can look totally different. And so I started really diving into kind of the character values that I want to be true. And as I went through kind of more values and goals, I wrestled with three particular things that I want to prioritize. And that's honesty and patience and generosity. And 
And for me, the shift has been tying myself to those and doing those in whatever context I'm in, as opposed to finding the vocation and making that be my new identity. But because patience is one of my goals and patience is one of those pieces that I want to develop, I have to start asking myself a lot of questions about, is this the right thing for right now? Is this even the right thing in the long term? But my other value is honesty. And so I have to stop buying into my own narrative as though there aren't hidden motives and hidden agendas there. And so I have to ask myself about that too. What's honestly running here? And when I started to ask that question, that's where I came up with the, well, I think these are to fill a gap. They're not necessarily because that's where you're supposed to be or where you actually want to be. And so those two questions, kind of what does patience look like and what does honesty look like kind of helped me uh, redirect a lot of what I thought would be true going forward. Okay. So it sounds like you're talking a little bit about outcome-based goals versus development goals, right? And so something that I talk to people a lot about is, you know, there are outcome-based goals. I want to save X amount of dollars this year. That's a relatively simple one. Use simple numbers because I'm not very good at math. That's why I'm a counselor and not a math teacher, right? I want to save $1,200 this year. There's 12 months in the year. I need to put $100 in 50 bucks every two weeks or something like that. Those are outcome-based goals. Development-based goals are, I want to develop honesty, generosity, and patience. Now, when this idea first blossomed about this interview, you had mentioned six goals in the blog post. Were those all more outcome-based goals or was there a mixture there? Uh, What was that? So the initial list of goals was actually nine, uh, nine goals. And the blog post said six because six of them were in fact outcome-based goals. And okay. those are the I highly reevaluated. Three of them in and of themselves are great and they're about life posture. And those are things I do want to carry through on and I am carrying through on that. But the first six were all production, performance, outcome-based. And that's where a lot of my kind of reevaluating had to come in. Okay, awesome. So I can already hear some of my business clients pushing back, like if we're doing this in front of them. And I'm sure one of them at some point will either reach out to me via in person or an email and ask. So are we arguing then that we shouldn't have outcome-based goals? I'm assuming, I know you well enough to say the answer to that isn't, is no. So then how do you make that shift? You know, we're, we're not even quite through May yet, but midstream, how do you make that shift then? Okay. These outcome-based goals are not beneficial to where I want to end up. Right. But at the same time, without any outcome-based goals, I mean, you're a counselor too, you know how that works for clients. Was there a shift there for you or was it just a complete pullback? And I'm just going to sit in this tension of, I'm not sure what my outcome-based goals are. Right. No, it's a big giant pause button. And part of the pause is my uh, professor, professorship, I don't know what one would call it, came to an end just last week. My school position comes to an end in about five weeks here. So I've pressed pause because I don't have enough time and clarity to march forward towards something new until I've kind of closed out some of these chapters. And because that's true, because there's limited energy to kind of recalibrate and redecide on things. Most of them are just a pause button right now. I talked with a trusted mentor last week and I said, hey, I would like to meet with you monthly and I would like us to develop scoreboards for my life and those will be outcome-based and I will march forward in that. But the first thing I have to do is check my motive. And my motives from three months ago, four months ago when I created this list were, I want people to see me a certain way. They weren't, I want to walk towards what's best for my life. And sure. so I have to hit pause and check out my motives before I march forward with, like you said, I'm, I'm driven, I'm intense, I'm going to do the things. But the pause button for me is practicing patience, 
the introspection is looking at honesty and those are of higher value right now. And so I'm going to hit pause. Okay. So there is this then sense of it can be healthy to just sit down and wait for, I tend to call life a game. I know that upsets some people, but wait for the game to develop a little bit to better understand what we're doing. Right. Maybe it's, maybe it's not the exact right anecdote, but for example, over the last 28 weeks, I've had a fitness coach that I've worked with and we have done progressive overload and we've made gains and we've made gains and we've made gains. And then cut to last week, I'm laying on the gym floor and I can't do any of the things that I could do the week prior. And I'm exhausted and I'm depleted and I'm frustrated. And I think it's a reflection of me and I'm just not trying hard enough. And so I reach out to my coach and he says, staff, you're at a point where you've developed too much and now you need to pause and let things regroup. And then we'll be able to walk forward. And he said, I bet next week you're even stronger. But right now we're doing a deload week because I've got to take the pressure off so that I can have a resurgence in energy and then move forward a bit more boldly. And I think that's kind of a, a, a micro metaphor for what's going on at the, the bigger picture of my life. Right. And, you know, it's interesting there. And I'll often tell clients this. But there is no... Uh, there is no movement or growth without a pause sometimes. Like like where, where we live in Michigan, you could do a great road trip anywhere. We could go straight south. We could go southeast. We could go southwest. We could go north. I think Canada is back to letting people visit um, and, and drink their maple syrup. I'm not sure. But you have to have that direction in mind, which I want to get to in a minute, which is that underlying evaluation of this is where I want to go. But even more importantly, you have to be able to take those pauses. You know, if you take a vehicle for a road trip, if you don't stop and refuel it, you're going to, your road trip's going to end or, and you know, I don't know. I don't know. It was like when you were a kid, when I was a kid, like if we took a road trip, it was, we are going, we do not stop. We get gas. It's like a NASCAR pit crew, right? Get it going and run. And that's fine, but there has to be that stop there. And even with goals, there has to be that stop there. And as you were talking, two things struck me. One of them is there is an underlying direction and that will move, right? The, the goal of the goals will move, but there's also a underlying almost like not spoken, but spoken agreement of, I have to be evaluating my goals regularly, not just for progress. I think a lot of times where people get hung up is they make a goal. Okay. I want to write a book and I want it to be done by this time. So I need to write these many words by that time. And I need to dedicate three hours a week to writing or whatever it is. And that's good. Like we should evaluate those, but we also need to make sure like, Hey, has that end target moved? Or, and am I in a spot where I just need to pause for a second? and look at the progress that was made to make sure that's the progress I want. And it sounds like that's what you're saying, both about the physical fitness part and the this life thing, right? You're in a transition part. And I think one of the things we underestimate, and, and maybe you can speak to this, is transitions are storms. You know, I, I'm sure you've heard me say it because I say it to just about anybody who will listen. All change is loss and all loss should be grieved. And so you're moving from this transitionary period of nobody says, you know, well, I won't say that because somebody will write and be upset. But one of the things for teachers, I am a teacher, not I am Stephanie, I am woman, I am beast, whatever. I am a teacher. And now you're giving that up. And as that moves on, or you're not even giving up, you're just moving transitionarily out of that period. I am a wife. Now I'm single. Those things. Tell me about the emotional place of realizing I need to pause here and evaluate my goals. How unsettling was that? How settling was it? You use one of my favorite words, unmoored, right? Right. How did you realize, okay, you know what? I am kind of unmoored and unmoored for people who aren't aware of it is a nautical term. Typically a boat is moored to the dock 
It's safe. So now you're unmoored. Tell me about the emotions running there. I, from my experience, there's like three different places where loss happens in divorce and, and really in, in other places it can be applied. But for me, it was, you grieve what, what never was like what you wanted the relationship to be. And it just didn't grow into you grieve what is now and you grieve what you've lost going forward. And there's so many places where loss shows up. Um, and, and we talk with clients all the time. You don't make big decisions your first year because every piece of that first year is a brand new situation. Every tradition has been ruptured. Every, you know, uh, festivity has been interrupted or disrupted somehow. Everything needs to be restructured and recalibrated. And all along the way, you're kind of getting sucker punched with loss after loss after loss and the awareness of that. So I tend to feel my lows very, very uh, intensely. And I feel my highs very intensely. And so when I vacillate between the highs and the lows, you know, giddy up, it's, it's a little bit of a rough ride the last year. Um, and I don't always do it cute, right? That That's the unfortunate reality. For me, it's been a very emotional time. And some of my goals were probably um, not only running in tandem with the new stage of life that I'm in, but also the loss of the job that I'm in. Also just the ebbs and flows of life. Also just the what does it look like to move into new spaces and the fear that comes with that? There's just so many pieces where emotional volatility might show up. And when I go, I go hard and it tends to be emotional sometimes. So yeah, it's just, for me, it's been a highly emotional season. I think that was what the initial question was. There's a good chance I went down the rabbit trail here. Well, no, that, that's fine. It, it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting conundrum that I think people who want to set goals find themselves in. One of the realities of life is that it's constantly changing. Even if you were, were still going to be teaching next year at the places where you were teaching, there would be changes. And the temptation with goals is that we soothe things that we need to feel with them, right? We, we set up goals to, to, to avoid pain of some sort. And if I can reach this pinnacle, and I see this a lot with clients, well, if I can do this, like, like working out, something we talk about a lot. It's interesting to me, I can almost draw a correlation, not a hundred percent, but certainly a high percentage of people who there is a lot of things in their life that are out of control. And so they exercise with extreme control or food control with extreme control because it's soothing, because at least I feel like I have control in this area. And, and it's it, to some extent, it's healthy. And yet you and I have talked about, but there's a lot of people that don't make that switch from, okay, here's a healthy activity that I'm doing, exercising, going to the gym, eating right, whatever, but I'm doing it in a way that is actually not healthy, not helpful. And as I do that, as I, as I get to that place, there's that need for that reflection that you were talking about. What's the emotion that I'm trying to soothe here? Is it distress? Is it fear? Is, is it pain? you know, hurt would be the emotion to correspond with pain, of course, but what is it? And so that does beg the question then of like, how do you determine what the end goal of the goals are, right? So there are things that I do, and I'll often say this to people, the point of doing this isn't doing it, it's what it brings to me. But then getting that then leads to another goal. So so tell me, how do you, how do you orient that in your life um, and I feel like this might be a good spot because that's a really nebulous question. So I feel like this might be a really good spot to point out one of the things that you have found solace in in the past, uh, and you've been very open about is planning, planning to the nth degree. And when we set this up, you even sent me an email or a text. I don't remember that said, Hey, I know I'm not into over planning now, but maybe you could send me some questions that would be helpful. And being the, the smart aleck that I am, I wrote back, yeah, maybe, maybe not. And we did this without questions. This is the first interview I've ever done for my 
my podcast without questions and a whole like, hey, this is what my podcast is about. And so you're literally answering these in real time. Like there's no, I can prep for them. Oh, no. As a side note, I did prep in the gym this morning, filled with angst and took it out on the punching bag. <laughs> and you, good, you do. good, you good. Do jab, it. jab, jab, cross. Cross, cross, jab, jab. So, so tell me about that. How do you, right? Like, like even teaching, the point of teaching isn't teaching. The point of counseling isn't counseling. It's, it's what we hopefully can direct those people that we're helping do, how we move them forward. How are you doing that in your own life? As you look at your goals, as you're trying to realign your goals, you, you know, as you're trying to focus on your goals, or even right now, as you're pausing and waiting for maybe the storm around you to, to settle, I often say to people, we, we don't fix a boat in the middle of a storm, we just make sure the boat doesn't sink. And then when the storm passes, you fix the boat and then maybe set a new course. Tell me what that looks like for you as you're looking down the road. Okay. How, and you don't even, you know, that's obviously a very personal question. You don't need to go into all of the details, but people listening, they have life goals. Hey, I'd like to write a book. I'd like to have a podcast. I'd like to, I don't know, perform music in front of a bunch of people. I'd like to be a public speaker. I'd like to own my own business. Whatever those are, those are what I call like those are those are movement goals, but they're not end result goals. So tell me how you're doing that. How are you making sure that you're that whatever it is you're looking at, what are you comparing it against? I guess that would be the better question. So there I feel like there, that went in several directions. And so I'm gonna try to pull it together. I don't know that I'll do it effectively. You can let me know that. But um one one of the pieces that is uh true about me is I I love research. I love what does the data say? That that's a very fun place for me to hang out. And you look at the research of how much uh, depression plays a part in the story of someone who publishes their first book or how much depression plays a part in the story of someone who launches their first song because we were tied into the idea that once I get there, I'll have meaning, I'll have purpose. And and I bought into that for so long, right? Once I get there, once I get there. And and unfortunately it kept moving and and the uh, level of distress just stayed around. And so I had to kind of reorient myself to, it's not about the book. It's not about the public speaking. It's not about the business. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to do all of those things at some point. I believe that to be true about my life. But if I'm working towards those end goals and not understanding what the big picture is, I'm going to stay kind of unmoored. I'm going to stay um, emotionally volatile. And I don't want that to be the thing. And so I go back to your, I think it was episode 190 this past week um, that talks about selflessness, right? Like it's not the idea of we need to be more selfish. It's what does it look like to be selfless? So when I talk about life goals or life values, like honesty and patience and generosity. I also have this understanding that purpose and meaning is something that we all strive for, or we all desire to strive for. It is a life mission. Some people don't have that, you know, that framework or those words for it, but that's a very human desire to have purpose and have meaning. And especially if you, again, go to the research, women in their thirties often go through this kind of nebulous. Do I have purpose? Do I have meaning the same way men kind of in their forties and fifties will have to dive into that. And so the goal is to have purpose and meaning in whatever I do. And for me, it does look like being more selfless. It does look like not prioritizing. What can I do? How do people look at me? Am I, you know, going to be the answer to their problems? It's about how can I give things open-handedly? And if people 
people want them great. And if they don't, I'll have to wrestle through that. But it's not about, you know, the followers. It's not about the likes. It's not about the shares. It can't be about any of that because the moment it is, it's, you know, the external locus of control, circle square. Certainly you've heard of this. Um, I think I've heard of circle square. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. seems familiar. Um, but, but it's one of those things where, again, I have to check my own motives. Why am I doing this one thing? What do I expect the outcome to be? And if it's, you know, I, I just finished here on a mission with Donald Miller and he talks about, we have mixed motives. You're never going to be completely altruistic. You're never going to be completely selfless. And that's the reality, but I want to at least be oriented that way. I want that to be the goal. And then whatever I do under that goal is just really cool stuff that I get to be a part of, but it can't be who I am. Right. I think that's the interesting uh, uh, rub there. And by the way, for the listener, if you haven't heard it, she was referencing episode 193 there, uh, which Sorry. came out on the uh, 4th of May of this year. So you can find that wherever you're listening to this episode. Uh, just scroll down or scroll up, depending on how you have your system set up. But that that is the interesting thing. One of the things that I talk with clients a lot about is goals are designed to get you to a destination, but the destination has to be something that actually aligns with your values, right? So, so you know, like with the book, I have published a book, I'm working on a second book. You, you know, one of the things that I decided was there was a number of copies that I wanted to sell. And I even wrote it out over five years. So like in the first year, I want this amount, second year, this amount, third year, right? And because most books do not sell any copies after, I think it's, I think it's after 18 months, they just don't sell. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but it is that research component again. But as you run it out, what what I feel like you're talking about there is who do I want to be is a totally separate goal from what do I want to do? And those who do I want to be goals have to supersede our what do I want to do goals, right? And And that allows us, go ahead. Well, they're also, they're the guide when the, what do I want to be the outcome goes sideways because in many of our stories, it goes sideways. Right, right. Because we're, we're looking for something that goals were never meant to give us, right? Identity, like even gym people, as we talk about people, you know, working in the gym, uh, going to the gym was never meant to be an identity. It was meant to be something that makes us healthy so that we can do, I believe, good and redemptive works for the world. Like, we're going to engage in pain. We need to do that in a way that brings health and healing to the world, to us and, and, and the world around us. Uh, Stephanie, I really appreciate your time today. Is there anything, that might be one of the only times I ever used your full name. I think I usually use Steph. Steph, I really appreciate your time today. Is there anything you want to add to this? Uh, I know that this is probably a little bit emotionally distressing as as uh, we just kind of were like, hey, let's do this tomorrow morning. Yeah, um, I, I think I also have the, you know, the life domains that are most important to me. And for me, it's emotional health, physical health, spiritual health. Those are just incredibly, um, incredibly important, not only in my story, but I walk with many clients into what do, what do those pieces mean to you? What does health in those areas mean to you? And, you know, as it relates to anxiety, I I talked at the the start of this about when I had a conversation with a mentor of mine and he gave me the verse, um, two Timothy. Nope. Let me do this again. Yeah, it is two Timothy one verse seven. And it says in there that we're given, um, the gift of, or the spirit of power of love and of a sound mind. And that was one of the pieces that for me was a, a little bit of a shift where we do have a sound mind. We do know the difference between right and wrong. We do know the difference between helpful and unhelpful. And the conversation you and I had earlier this week, we do know what wisdom is. We know what's the wise choice. And a lot of times we don't want to do it because it's harder or it's less glamorous or it's gritty or whatever it is. But we do have the tools to live a life healthy 
healthfully if we want to, but it, it, it's a matter of wanting to, and then stepping into kind of the radical ownership of, you know, this is what I want to be true. And this is going to be the path I have to walk to get there. And so short-term goals, awesome. Long-term goals, important, but life goals, they're, they're just paramount. And I feel like it's, um for me, that was just such a guiding verse to say, I have a sound mind. Now my job is to go use it. Right. And that's, that's wisdom, right? Doing things that are right in the short-term, long-term, and then legacy. And, you know, as, as you lean into that, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking there was the, the the goal, like the goals that we're moving towards, they have to, they have to be things that we know are right. Because the thing in the moment, you know, if I engage in something in the moment that is satisfying, I have to ask myself, but is it helpful in the long term? Because if it isn't, then I've lost. And there are things that are fun air quotes in the moment. You know, I think about our clients that that struggle maybe with substance abuse. A lot of time that argument becomes something about something more about, hey, I need to stop because in the long run, it'll kill me. And, and it's the feeling of relationship isn't real or any of those things. And that can happen with anything, with reading, with, you know, with education. How many people do we know their identity is they just keep going back to education and and that is, you know, or they go back to the whatever. And so I think that's important. We do, we do know often we do know what, what is right, or at the very least, we know that what we want to do isn't right. And we're not willing to do that pause that you're currently engaging in of, I'm not sure what the next step is, but I know this isn't it. And so I'm just going to sit here because we're such a goat. We're either such a sit on the couch, smoke a little bit of weed and play video game society. Or I think most of the people that are interested in this conversation are more of a let's go, 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 go society. And sometimes you got to go, go, go stop and just sit and pause until you know what the next go is. Awesome. Steph, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Uh, I really appreciate it. If people want to connect with you, obviously Healing Through Pain uh, is the podcast. How else do they find you? So most everything I do, uh, so Instagram, there's going to be a YouTube channel launch before too long. And there's probably going to be TikTok, which um, I have a whole host of opinions about that. But all of them will probably be at the handle at West in Progress. And currently on Instagram, that's where I'm at. And from there, I'll launch the other pieces going forward. Okay. So if they want to find you, they should just search West in Progress. West in Progress. Yep. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for coming on today. Yep. Thanks, Joe. Okay, so that was Stephanie West, a colleague and friend of mine. Uh, We talked a little bit about goals there. If you have questions about goals, I'd love to talk to you. If you are a business owner or a manager and you're interested in business coaching, please feel free to reach out to me, joe at joemartino.com. Put podcast in the subject line or business coaching, just so I know, make sure I get it. I do get a lot of emails and it can be easy to miss one. Uh, Would love to work with you. Would love to help you figure out where it is you're going or where you want to go and what you need to do to get there. Uh, One of my favorite things to do is to help other people succeed. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend and hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.